Well, if you're new and visiting, we hope you come back after all of that. Um, no, we, really, we, we celebrate families. We love families here. And, um, you know, we want excellence in everything, but it doesn't mean you have to be dull and boring. Amen? Right? So we love to celebrate. All, it's all about the Lord and what he's doing. And uh, we really do celebrate the kids. Uh, when we uh, first were able to purchase this property, uh, quite frankly, one of the, heart, the heartbeat uh, for the elders was that this would be a place for the families of the valley. And honestly, you know, for a while, when we first started the church, you know, the 40-somethings were the youth group. <laughs> that, that was it. And to see over the years uh, the, the Kingdom Kids uh, ministry just blossom and to see the next generation um, come all the way from, you know, newborns through the teens uh, is really awesome. So first Sundays, we love to celebrate families here. A uh, few announcements before we continue with worship. I do want to announce this um, some of you may know, but I'm guessing many of you don't know because it just happened uh, early this morning. Our dear sister Doris Christensen is worshiping with Jesus this morning. Yes, uh, she went to be home with the Lord early this morning. I had a chance to visit with her yesterday, pray with her, and read Psalm 23, and it's a very special time for me. Doris, uh, you know, I've known her when I, since I first came to the valley back in the uh, summer of 99. Tremendous influence on me. Tremendous encourager to me pastorally and to my family. My kids call her Grandma Doris. And, uh, you know, I shared with the, the leadership team this morning, you know, uh, Doris and Frank have such a profound legacy. You know, I can't think of the hundreds and thousands of people that met each other, that worshiped together, and now are serving God throughout the globe because of their faithfulness. Amen? And, and so... You know, it's mixed, and, and I celebrate her life, I celebrate her faithfulness, her humility, her love, and Doris just reminded me that, you know, you don't have to be this big, flashy personality. You just have to love God and love others, faithfully, day in and day out, week in and week out, and it really encouraged me, I encouraged the, the ministry team this morning, you know what, every Sunday, we just get to do that, that's why we gather and, and we don't know what God's going to do through our time together and, and through the word. Uh, I'm sure Doris and Frank, when they started in the Grange Hall, had no idea. Had no idea of the global impact that they would make through starting faithfully and obediently a little church in a small town of Ojai and how that ministry flourished. And quite frankly, we're here because of it. I was called here in the summer of 99 to be the youth pastor at Ojai Valley Community Church. And, you know, things happen, but God works all things for the good. And here we are on July 3rd, 2022. You know, and I, I, was, I was driving away from uh, continuing care yesterday, and just, just this picture, this spiritual family tree of, of Frank and Doris, and I just wonder what that spiritual family tree looks like. Isn't that crazy? How many spiritual children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren uh, how many How many here remember Doris? Maybe she was your VBS or, right, Sunday school teacher, and right? Just faithful, just faithful, but also just a reminder to us. That's why we gather. It's, it matters. It matters. Just be faithful day in, day out, week in, week out, and let God do what only he can do, but we just have to be faithful and obedient and love him and love each other. So um, I just want to let you know about Doris. Uh, it is first Sunday if you're visiting or if you're watching us first time. Online, We do have a website. Uh, we have an email list if you'd like to be uh, kept up to date. Sometimes things come up and we shoot out an email. We have a church app. Uh, you can keep up to date uh, if you uh, 
have trouble technologically with apps, um, the young people here would be glad to help you get that on your phone. Um, and we also have welcome cards. If you're new and uh, you'd like to learn more information about the church, uh, you can fill out a welcome card. We also have something brand new. I, I don't know why we haven't had it uh, for a while, but in your rows there, I think every other seat, there is now prayer request cards. So if during the service or something God puts on your heart, something you'd like us to pray for, you don't have to even, you know, you can be anonymous if you wanted to, uh, or you just your first name or whatever, you can do a prayer request card now and put it in one of the boxes before you leave. Uh, we'd love to pray for you. It's a big part of our ministry here. Um, another one, just a general request, but Kingdom Kids specifically today, we encourage you to keep praying about, you know, where God would have you to serve in the church. We call them opportunities to serve. The Bible says we've all been gifted, and it's as each part does its work that the whole body grows. And so uh, volunteers around here, it's not just like, you know, you should or, you know, it'd be really good for you. Um, we just ask you genuinely seek the Lord about where he would have you serve here. Uh, there's always need. I mean, I did youth ministry and family ministry for years, so Kingdom Kids always has needs. But there's a lot of different ways to serve. So we encourage you to seek the Lord uh, to do that. And uh, Mark, men's, men's group. Um, I, I just wanted to remind everybody that actually starting back in the pandemic, a um, number of us started uh, several men's groups, and we've still got one going on Zoom. And back then we did it because it was really the only way to get together. But still today, there's really men who simply aren't in a position to be able to you know, get together uh, physically uh, at night during the week and that kind of stuff, or perhaps even people who live out of town. Um, anybody is welcome to join us. So we're starting up a new study. Uh, actually, this Wednesday night, we meet on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. We're doing an R.C. Sproul uh, series on the parables of Jesus. Um, we'd love to have you join us. You can get a hold of me. My email is mark at ovcfchurch.org, or just see me after church or ask anybody how to get a hold of me. We'd love to have you join us um, starting this week or even in any upcoming week. So whether you live out of town, you're with us, and uh, being able to just spend an hour on a Wednesday night together in fellowship and studying God's word would be wonderful. So come join us. Great. Thanks, Mark. A uh, couple more. Uh, our youth ministry, Crossroads, it is very active, and uh, really want to encourage you to come on out and be uh, a part of it. This Wednesday, they're going to be meeting at the Walker's home. Uh, Barbecue, what's it, trampoline, wow, that's kind of cool, ping pong. So uh, come on out, great opportunity. Uh, reason we do this during the summer, you know, we don't just shut youth down because the kids aren't in school. Summer's a time to build relationships. Summer's a time to fold new kids in who are transitioning up into middle school or high school. So uh, they'll be at the walkers. If you have questions, uh, Jordan's right there. Your parents or kids, you can uh, uh, talk to Jordan. Also, on July 13th, beach day at Carpinteria State Beach. Uh, sign up by July 10th. Any questions? It's going to be a great day out there. Uh, Jordan and I went out this past, Sunday, uh, this past week, actually, Tuesday, and spied out the land. So uh, Carpinteria State Beach on July 13th for the middle school and high schoolers. And finally, uh, next uh, month, the first Sunday of next month, August 7th, we're going to uh, give an opportunity if you'd like to be baptized. Uh, it has come up, and... Uh, we have a, how would you describe our baptismal out there, Randy? We have a blow-up baptism. <laughs> you see, when we designed the place, we were sort of inherited. We, we probably could have had a really nice one 
But what we're going to do is we're going to plug it in and blow it up for you. <laughs> Fill it with some warm water tie. It's going to be warmer warmer this time. It'll be warmer. Uh, but next, uh, next month, first Sunday, we celebrate. Again, part of family is baptisms. And if you haven't been baptized, you know, it's a step of obedience. And it's a celebration. It's a celebration. You know, I often share when I, when I meet with people about baptism, you know, I, I use this, this ring. Uh, you know, this ring doesn't marry me. I have a covenant with my wife. This ring is a symbol. It's an outward expression that I'm in a covenant relationship. Well, that's what baptism is. It's an outward expression. It's a celebration. It's a good thing. Amen? Right? Now, I know sometimes it's like, oh, you know, baptism, people are going to be watching. And, and it's weird how it gets turned inwards and we kind of get insecure about, about it when really it should just be, right? I mean, imagine like, honey, I really want to marry you, but don't make me tell anyone. You know, like how weird would that be? Like, right? Like, you know, I, I like being married to you, but don't make me wear a ring. You know, how? So that's baptism, right? Just if you really want to, talk to Tyler's right there, Pastor Tyler. Um, he would love to chat with you. And then August 7th, we'd love to celebrate. Amen?
Oh, man, when I found that uh, video years and years ago, it, it really is one of my favorites. It never, never gets old because that's, that's what we live. We live and we celebrate transformation. We, we live and we celebrate. I love that, right? You are making all things new. You're making all things new. And, and in Christ, there's so much potential that we have in Christ. The Bible says we've been given everything we need for life and godliness. It's right there. And, you know, this weekend, uh, as we celebrate uh, independence and freedom as citizens of this country, you know, we're going to really uh, want to celebrate the freedom and the independence we have as citizens of heaven. Amen? In Christ. In Christ, somebody here, somebody at home, someone listening to this, you can experience freedom, transformation, victory today. Right now, that's what we've been talking about. You know, the, the verse that came up uh, at the beginning of that, Galatians 5.1, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. John 8 so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will what set you free. Romans 6, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set what? Free from sin. And what are we supposed to do with this freedom, right? Look at 1 Peter 2. Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. This theme of freedom, right? What, what more appropriate theme for this weekend? Freedom. Freedom in Christ. And, and I thought of this and how, how, you know, God's timing is so amazing, how it just ties into what we've been talking about in Philippians, right, Philippians 3.10, the Apostle Paul says he wanted to know the power of the resurrection. And, and in the New Living Translation, the Apostle Paul says this, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. The mighty power that raised him from the dead. And that launched us into sort of this mini-series now on the Holy Spirit, right? And I asked a question two weeks ago, do you want to experience this power? You know, or, or did you kind of get to this place where you call it, I call it the I'm good Christian. I'm good. Yeah, God's changed me. I'm different. But, you know, I've kind of slid into, into kind of like cruise control. And, and uh, you know, truth be known, I don't really know if I want the power. I'm kind of good. Right? And we worked through that. We were challenged with, you know, if you want the power of God, if you want to experience the power of God that's available to us, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, well, you've got to be willing to let him move the furniture, right? How many of you at home, your furniture is just where you want it? Hmm? How many if I came over and I started to move the furniture, you would, uh, anyone? It would be on, uh, uh, and as soon as I left, it would go right back, right? It would go right back. It's funny, there's this illustration I read years ago, even in the church, how we get entrenched with our setup. Right? And there was this church, like for years and years, there was a grand piano here. And a new pastor came in and he didn't like it there. He wanted it on the other part, other side of the stage. And he knew if he moved it, whoo, right? So what he did, he's so smart. Every Sunday he moved it two inches. We call it the two-inch rule in ministry. 
Sometimes you might you got to make a big call, but most of the time, because we deal with people, and people are like us, it's called the two-inch rule. Amen? All right? So some of you are going to go home. Some of you guys are like, I never wanted it there. <laughs> some things in your house are going to move by next Sunday, too. <laughs> right? Every day. <laughs> right? So if we want this power, right off the bat, two weeks ago, we said, well, you got you to be willing to him to come in, because if it comes in, it's his power you don't cap it. You don't cap it. You don't say, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish. And then he says, okay, here it is. And go, oh, no, but no, you know. No, you can't do that. So we work through that, right? We're calling this series the praxis of power. Now, I explained to this again two weeks ago. The word praxis is really a combination of practice and theory. Okay, it's praxis. It's praxis. It's not just when we talk about knowing the power of the resurrection you know, it's not just something that you go, amen, yeah, the Bible says it, I believe it, yeah, great theory. No, this is praxis. We're supposed to, you're supposed to be experiencing this, okay? This is experiential. This is like real life. This, is, this blows up Christianity is good morality. This blows up Christianity is saying a prayer and having my ticket to heaven. The praxis of power means right now, you and you at home, and you wherever you're listening, you have this power available. You do. Okay? Requires praxis. Requires praxis. Lehman Strauss says this, the Christian needs supernatural power, and God would have us see how great is his power to accomplish his purposes in us. How much spiritual strength is available for me in my daily life? How much divine energy is at my disposal? The power that God has made available to the believer is according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. It's really, it's available, right? It's, it's kind of like these, this socket right here. There's a lot of, Power available. I just need to plug into it. But if I choose not to, I can't be angry that I don't have power. Right? Okay? And we've, we've seen, we saw last week that this power, the conduit, if you will, the, the source, is the Holy Spirit. Okay? Ephesians 3. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory... He may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Okay, it's the Holy Spirit. So if you're saying, yes, I want to know the power of the resurrection. I want to experience it. Well, it's through the the Holy Spirit. And so we're kind of sliding into Holy Spirit basics, Holy Spirit 101. And last week we saw the Holy Spirit is God, John 14. We saw the Holy Spirit is a person, very important It's the third person of the Trinity, okay? The Holy Spirit is not a ghost. It's not a vapor, okay? It's not some weird nebulous thing. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, God. And we looked at all the attributes that the Holy Spirit has that, that really speak to his deity, okay? Last week, we also saw that the Holy Spirit comes to indwell. Everyone say indwell. Indwells believers at the moment of conversion. Okay, 1 Corinthians 3. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Romans 8, 9. 
You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. There's a test, right? Second Peter 1.3, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So here's, here's the thing. And again, we're kind of going slow because it's easy to assent to this. Thumbs up. Much more radical transformation if you will actually ponder it. So what we just said is that the third person of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit, when you put your faith in Jesus, indwells you at that moment. Again, every time I say that, my heart flutters because that's this finite mind trying to wrap my, that, that around the infinite truth. I'm just trying to figure that out still after 30 years. God the Holy Spirit. God, the person that indwells me at the moment of conversion. It's stunning. It's stunning, right? Charles Swindoll says this, the spirit of God does more than just help you out a bit. He provides the complete enablement to live a life that those without Christ can't even imagine. Why? Because without Christ, who don't they have? The Holy Spirit. Okay? So think about it. On this planet right now, there's only two groups of people. You either have the spirit or you don't. That's another rap. Think about that. You're going to go to a parade tomorrow. You're going to go to Nordoff and watch fireworks. And wherever you congregate, there's two groups of people. Those who have the Holy Spirit and those who don't. And it makes an eternal difference. Amen? Again, this is, this is looking through the world at the world through the lens of the Bible now. Okay, this is developing a biblical worldview of the world and of your own life, okay? He says this, it includes such practical things as the power to control your tongue, the strength to face each day's challenges, the ability to clean up your thoughts, a way to guard yourself from temptation so that you don't plunge after one lustful lure than another. The authentic Christian life offers you hope beyond the downward drag of the flesh. It's very practical. It's nuts and bolts. It's not just going on these big mission trips, it's down to the nuts and bolts of how you communicate in your house, how you handle your finances, what you watch on TV, your social media. All of that is, is affected by the Holy Spirit. There should be a difference. There should be a difference. They should manifest. The Holy Spirit's presence in you should somehow show up. Right? And here's another example just to kind of show you. It's not just theory, okay? Brother Marvin, can I borrow you a sec? Love Marvin, very talented drummer. So Marvin, can you just do something on the drums for us? Do, just use your gifts. Yes, okay. Now, in seventh grade, I took drum club for like a month. And I think I learned to do eighth notes. And then basketball started, and I picked basketball. Okay. Now, here's, here's my point. If somehow, now stay with me, I'm not going to get weird. If somehow the spirit of Marvin's drumming could, could enter me, right? And I say, hey, dude. Marvin's spirit of drumming just entered me. 
what would you say? Show us. No, I'm not going to show me because it didn't. And that would be embarrassing. Thank you, Marvin. You get it right? Right? I can do this. But if the spirit of Marvin's drumming supernaturally entered me, you would expect me to be able to do something different. Right? Amen? It should, have, it should be way beyond me because it's his spirit and his gifting and his abilities. That's the Holy Spirit in you. Okay, but what we try to do is we try to be just a better version of ourselves, and we put these caps on God, the Holy Spirit, and we kind of limit him to, well, gosh, you know, I, this is what I'm comfortable with, and whoa, and, and we, we kind of just, uh, 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 and we live this life, right? Rather than, you know, if, if that really happened, I would want all of that. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I want the full manifestation of Marvin drumming to just like, I want to do that, yeah, blah, 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 blah. I want to be able to do that, right? Well, why don't you want the full manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, amen? The full manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit, let her rip. Why don't you want that? It's there. It's there. So at the moment of conversion, you were indwelt. Okay, the Holy Spirit indwells you. The Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's indwelling. Everyone say indwelling. Okay, last week we focused on, okay, so the Holy Spirit's in me. Okay, Bible says that, I believe it. Okay, how do I do this? How do I manifest that, right? Well, last week we talked about filling, okay? Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with with the Spirit. In the Holman version, it says this, do not get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled by the Spirit. Right? The, the alcohol illustration is, again, being under the influence. Liquid courage. Right? You, you drink enough alcohol or wine or spirits. Right? And what happens? You're under the influence. Changes your words, changes your attitude, your emotions. You are literally... Under the influence. The picture here is, hey, don't be under the influence of the alcohol. The word filling actually means control. Be under the control of the Holy Spirit. It's a word. Filling means, I shared it several times last week, be ye, it's constant, be ye being filled, being controlled by the Holy Spirit. It's constant. 24-7, 365. Be ye being controlled by the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. And here's the thing. It's supposed to be normative. It's for every believer. It's not for the people on the stage. It's not some experiential thing. You have to go pay or go experience the Holy Spirit. We are commanded. Everyone say commanded. We are commanded to be ye being constantly controlled by God the Holy Spirit. It's normative. Because we are called to a supernatural life. We are called to live a supernatural life. And here's the thing. This supernatural life of following Jesus is what's attractive. This is what's attractive to the non-believing world. It's just just living as disciples of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the attraction. Okay? And so uh, we, we looked last Sunday at, well, if we're supposed to be controlled by the Holy Spirit... We ask some, you know, pretty, pretty probing questions. Well, if it's not the Holy Spirit, what controls you? 
what, what, what at times comes to fill you and manifests itself through your words, your attitude, your thoughts, right? And we talked about, right, some of the things that, that might control us. Fear. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of abandonment, fear of ridicule, fear of persecution, fear of death, fear of the future, fear of the unknown, fear of worst-case scenarios, fear of making a mistake, fear of pain, fear of what people think of me, fear of not being in control, fear of the unknown, fear of taking risks, fear of looking foolish, embarrassing myself, and on and on and on. Other things that might control you or fill you at times, insecurities, anxieties, worries, Doubt, anger, resentment, bitterness. Some of us are controlled by the past. We have regret, shame, guilt. Some of us are controlled by greed, money, success, desire for comfort, and the American dream. That's what controls us. Now, I'm not saying it's an all or nothing. What I saw when I was studying these passions and God was speaking to mine, like, it's not this is one huge thing all the time. It's a thousand little things that come to control me. And at any given moment of the day, I can actually pause and go, whoa, what's got me now? That's why it says, be ye being filled, be ye being constantly controlled by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you got the world, the flesh, and the devil constantly coming at you. Constantly coming at you. How many of you, let me give you an example. How many of you just by turning on a certain news station are filled with some kind of emotion? Okay, you're, 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 you just betrayed yourself, right? Well, at that moment, you are watching something and you are being filled with something. Right? Again, you look at the country. Country is filled. People are filled. Anger, bitterness, right? <sighs> That's a filling. See, again, look at you. You have to look at this through the Bible. What's filling you? And so if you're going to be ye being filled... It's good to be aware and ask God through his Holy Spirit to show you when you're not being filled. Uh, it's just, it's like, and if you drift off, what do you do? Confess. Father, I confess. Man, I just got filled with, with anger right there. Right? I shared with, uh, with the team when I went to visit Doris yesterday, they have a protocol where you have to go down and you take a 15-minute COVID test in the hospital and you could go up to uh, continuing care center and you wait outside until the lab calls up. And last time Tyler and I went, it was 15 minutes. Boom, no problem. Yesterday, okay, I go there and I, I had it figured out in my head. I'm going to go there, 12.15, I'll arrive. Test is done by 12.30, visit with Doris. And I had to be here at 1 for rehearsal. So I go there and I take the COVID test. And the hospital it really has no one there. It's just me. And I go, and everything's normal. And I get up there, and it's like 12.30. It's been 15 minutes, and I'm outside continuing care. I'm like, hmm. And then another 15 minutes goes by. I'm like, hmm. Right, and I'm supposed to be here. And I text Mark, hey, Mark, can you do the devotion before worship practice? And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm there to visit Doris, and I'm getting filled with some impatience right now. I'm getting a little bit hot under the collar because this didn't go according to my schedule, right? How many of you get a little hot under the collar when it doesn't go? Like, you had your whole day planned out, right? And boom, 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 boom. So they call in the lab. They call and say, let me call. They call and they say, two minutes. Ten minutes later, they call again. 
another two minutes. I'm like, so at a little after one, okay, I've been there now an hour. They say at continuing care, oh, you know what? We're just going to do this. We have a test here, and they give me their test. And about an hour and 15 minutes later, I get to go see Doris. Now, I'm going to tell you, you know, I share with you often that before I come up here, God usually, you know, knocks me over the head. So yesterday, I'm like, Lord, this is not going well. And I got to stop right now because I'm about to be filled with some anger and impatience. And, and it was a moment where I, I literally had to make a choice of what attitude I was going to have and not let it affect when I was with Doris. And, right? Wasn't it a wonderful time, Sally? Sally was there and we had a wonderful time with Doris. But that hour beforehand, pastor doing a visitation is redlining out front of continuing care center because I'm supposed to be here. Right? And that's just, I just share that with you because that's a reality that I was starting to get filled with something. Something was about to control my attitude. And if I wasn't careful, not only would it have affected me being with Doris, but it would have affected here because then I had to come here and rehearse for worship. Walk through that door. Hi. Yeah. How's your day? Good. How's your day? How's your day? Right? Right? No. It's constant. It's constant, and man, I just, oh, I was I was like in red zone when it got to be one o'clock, and I was still sitting there, and I'm like, okay, okay, pastor, you know, practice what you preach here. What's, what are you allowing to control yourself with, you know? So I share that with you because to be filled is constant, and again, the world, the flesh, and the devil are coming at you constantly. And so at times, here's the thing. Here's the glorious truth. If you find yourself having veered off, you stop. You say, Father, forgive me. I get it. I recognize I've, I, I've not been filled. I've not been allowing the Holy Spirit to control me. This is it. This is it. Please forgive me. And you know what? He does. And you move forward. Amen? That's how you grow. And over time, it's like anything that you get used to, it just becomes second nature. It becomes second nature. Oh, I drifted. Forgive me, Father. And you start more and more to stay under the control of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you're now in tune with it. Amen? You just, your radar's up for the moments that you drift off. Okay? Ty, can we um, turn the AC on the low, down just a bit more? Daniel Snadden says this. It is elementary for me to remind you that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. It is one thing for you to have the Holy Spirit. It is another thing for the Holy Spirit to have you. Whew. So kind of a, a check this morning. Does the Holy Spirit have you? What, what's battling for control? What's battling to fill you, right? It's okay. Just let, let the Holy Spirit speak. And if he show you something, just confess it and ask for his forgiveness. That's the glorious part of a new covenant relationship. Amen? Right? And so we have indwelling. Say indwelling. We have filling. Say filling. Okay? Today, we're going to nudge just a little bit more, kind of the third foundation to experiencing power, the power of the resurrection, and it's called walking, walking by the Spirit. Now, in Ezekiel, the Lord mentions what he's going to do in the new covenant. In Ezekiel 36, he says this, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules, okay? So he's alluding to what he's going to do in the new covenant when Jesus comes and the Holy Spirit comes. And then in Galatians 5.16, he says this. 
But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay, keep that up. Who's on the, who's on the computer? Is that you? Hi, Isaac. Okay, Isaac, keep that up for a bit. This verse in Ephesians 5.18, you want two, like, core verses. What it's about to live in victory, freedom. Memorize Ephesians 5.18 and Galatians 5.16. Now, we're going to keep this up here because it's one of those verses that will amen, that we might even memorize but we don't really appropriate and actually obey in the order that it says. How many of you would love victory over the flesh? I'm, you, know, you don't have to say what it is, but how many of you would like victory over the flesh? Right? How many of you parents would like your kids to have victory over the flesh? Right? Okay. Now, keep that in mind for you. Keep that in mind for your kids. Okay? I keep that in mind pastorally because I would like you to live in victory over the flesh. Look at the verse. How do you do that? Walk by the Spirit. You're like, duh. I want you, I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to go real slow here because you got to understand this. That verse has a command and a promise. What's the command? Walk by the Spirit. What's the promise? You will not gratify the desires of the flesh, right? So to receive the promise, to experience the promise of not gratifying the desires of the flesh, in other words, having victory over the flesh, right? What do we need to do? Walk by the Spirit. Do we? Ah. See, and this is where this is where I was like, Lord, this is. And he's like, just go slow, just take your time, because in the church, we've, with the best of intentions, I think we've kind of muddied this up a bit. Because we want you to have victory. Well, I want my kids to have victory over the flesh. And what do we do? We tell you a whole lot of things to do and not do. We don't focus on getting you and teaching you to walk by the Spirit. We create rules and regulations and even spiritual disciplines and we get you real active and we get you scared of consequences and all this kind of stuff, but we do everything but emphasize teaching you to walk by the Spirit because according to that verse, if we help you to walk by the Spirit, what will happen in your life? You'll have victory, amen? But again... As a parent and even as a pastor, I'm like, have we kind of muddied this up? And we've gotten you doing so much that it's almost like the church law and church rules and church regulation. It's works all over again rather than the spirit. Some of you here, some of you at home, you're living a life and it's not experiencing the fullness of joy because you slid back into works. You're trying to overcome the flesh with the flesh. But the flesh is couched in church stuff, in doing good church stuff, 
But really what's happening is you're not experiencing victory over the flesh because you're trying to do it by the flesh. Even good flesh, Bible reading, prayer, coming to church. Nothing wrong in and of itself. But if it's, that's the end and you think that coming to church is a way to ward off the flesh, it's just a part of you. Bible reading, prayer, and coming to church should help you to what, according to that verse? It should be part of you getting to walk by the Spirit. Because if we help you walk by the Spirit, according to that verse, what happens? Victory. Everyone say victory. Victory. But what we've done is we've kind of give you like, you should do this. Now you need to do this. Now you need to do this as an end of itself. We, we left out, you should pray. You should read your Bible. You should be in community. You should use your gifts. Because all of that, all of those disciplines are used to help enhance your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Everything you do should be going to you walking by the Spirit because according to that verse, if you walk by the Spirit, you'll have victory over the flesh. Amen? So, the hard part about this is we're so ingrained now with what we do in the flesh, even in the church, versus the Spirit. Versus the Spirit. In Revelation, remember? Lord comes and says, hey, church at Ephesus, you're a solid church. You don't, you, you don't like let in false teaching. You're super orthodox. Good job. You do church really good. But I have this against you. You left your first love. See, this church was a great, solid church, and yet the Lord comes in and says, you don't even love me anymore. We can by our works and good stuff. I'm not saying it's bad. By doing a whole lot of good stuff, we can get to a level of good morality and good behavior and external. You know how we look external as Christian? But it's not even of the Spirit. It's not even of the Spirit. I was, I was telling you we're going to have a, a parenting course uh, towards the end of this month, maybe beginning of next month. And I was preparing for it, and, and the speaker says, you know what, parents, you got to be careful. We have this incredible privilege to raise our kids, to love the Lord, but if we're not careful, we can raise a bunch of self-righteous Pharisees because we emphasize external behaviors. We don't teach our kids, we're not teaching our kids to love the Lord and walk by the Spirit. We're just teaching them a bunch of do's and don'ts. That's a, that was weighty. And I, then I said, wait, do I do that as a senior pastor? I had to elevate that to me. I'm like, am I teaching the congregation at the well to walk by the Spirit, to be filled, be ye being filled, to walk by the Spirit? Or have I, have we sort of inadvertently, again, given you a bunch of good stuff to do, but we're not really equipping you to walk by the Spirit? Okay? This is where, again, you have to kind of step back and you go, okay, Lord, I need you through the Spirit to speak to my heart. And you know, who was, who, you know who, who was battling with this? And the Apostle Paul called out was the Galatians. Look at the, the, what he says in Galatians 3. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? He's saying, hey, Galatians, 
I came, we came, we preached the gospel that you're saved by grace through faith, and you responded by faith. Amen? He says, who bewitched you? You started out by faith, and now you've slid into works. Right? The Judaizers had come in and said, hey, you Gentiles, in order for you to really be saved, you know what you have to actually do? You got to obey the Mosaic law, including circumcision. Then you'll really be saved. And you know what? The Galatians freaked out. Like, oh, okay. And Paul comes in and says, dude, what are you thinking? Right? When it says, when he uses the word foolish, it's like, you're not using your head. Some versions, it was pretty, it's pretty harsh. Some versions about, are you foolish? It says, are you so irrational? Are you senseless? Are you that stupid? Yeah. He says, hey, wake up. You started by faith. Who got into your head? And now you slid in the works. You think you're going to become more like Jesus by doing good things. It's like, are you that stupid? Not me. That's one of the versions. Just reading. Are you that senseless? But think about it. Okay. Now this is where our our defensiveness rears up. Calling me stupid. Calling me senseless. I'm just asking. Are you open to letting the Holy Spirit speak to your heart and my heart as he did? To really reveal if you have been walking by the Spirit or if you slid in to church works to become more like Jesus, primarily through good stuff. Because if you have, you got to tell time out. You got to call time out. You got to go back to Galatians 5.16. The command and the promise. Okay? Don Anderson says this. They were running well in their Christian life and experiences, as long as they were dependent upon the Spirit of God to produce the life of Jesus Christ in and through them. They were running well until they decided to take over and produce spiritual maturity on their own. That's a pretty, pretty strong indictment to the American church. Because why? We're smart. We're intelligent. We got Tons of resources out there. Plenty of opportunities to do a lot of good things. I got this. I got this. Right? David Guzik says this. This deception was cultivated by Satan to set our Christian life off track. If he cannot stop us from being saved by faith, then he will attempt to hinder our blessing and growth and maturity by faith. If you've been stuck in neutral and if you've kind of been living this life of defeatism and discouragement and despondency as a believer, maybe it's because the devil just nudged you off track. He nudged you off track by walking by the Spirit into doing a bunch of good stuff. And that good stuff has actually made you tired, burned you out, and you're doing a lot, but you're not going anywhere. Right? That's That's a lot of the church. See, I, there's an illustration that I have. Mark, can I, can I use you? This is one of my favorite illustrations since I learned it, but it helps me, again, to, to maybe communicate to you to understand your walk and why you're not experiencing victory, right? Which is the bad one? Uh, no, the good one? Okay. So I've shared this with you before. Many of us in our life have an issue. We'll just, well, one issue. But how many of you have more than one issue? Okay, but we'll just go with one issue, a three-pound issue. Okay, so many of us, 
with the best of intentions. Go to the well, we serve, we give. We're in men's group, right? I got this. I got this. You can face them. Him being able to hold out here is, I got this in issue. I got it. I'm good. I got this. Mark, stay here. We'll be back in about 15 minutes. <laughs> right? Because what, what is acting right here? What is acting on it that you don't see? Gravity. Gravity. The law of gravity. And ultimately, the law of gravity will overcome his best physical efforts over time. Right? And then what he's going to do? Oh, I'm such a failure. I'm a horrible Christian. Mark, how could you do that again? Why did you go on the internet again? Ah, it's New Year's. New Year's resolution. I got this. And he might for a time. But it's constant. And he might go here. And then he's like, oh, wait, I'm an elder. Oh, fear of fear of getting caught, you know, and oh, you know, oh, 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 but, oh, it's prayer request time in men's group. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need any help. I got this. I got this. I got this. And he might for a while. But this right here is a whole lot of Christian's life. Good intentions. I got this. Resolutions. And you look good for a while. And then, oh, Right? And you live this kind of life. With a three pound issue. Oh. oh. <laughs> but that's only one. What if I put a five pounder here? So, 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 you know, this is his own stuff. His marriage. Obedience as a, as a husband. <laughs> right, Kath? Here, Kathy, wait, let me. We'll give him a ten pounder for the marriage. A 10-pounder for the marriage, Kath, for you. I got this. I got this. Yeah, uh oh, don't let it fall, bro. She's watching. She's watching. <laughs> right? Now, now, now here, here's the thing. Here's, we'll do the marriage because hold that up there. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's what we're trying to say. We can live this life, but what, I'm trying, what I, I want to get to you is that you have the indwelling Holy Spirit. We're called to be filled. How you doing, bro? Right? We're called to be filled, and the third word is what? Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit means dependence on something else. Cooperation. He's still holding, but the Holy Spirit overcomes the law of gravity, the law of spirit of life in you. Amen? This is the consistent victory. Now, he can choose to dismiss me, say, I got this. Say, say, I got oh, this, Holy Spirit. I got now, yes, yeah. <laughs> now, if you invite the, say, I don't got this. I don't got okay. This. <laughs> amen, Kathy? You got an amen from the wife. He don't got, this, this, is, this is what I'm trying to, to just, I want you to understand. You have a choice to be filled. You have a choice to walk. If he walks, thank you, Mark. <laughs> Okay, there you go. We have, we have that choice. Okay? Be ye being filled. Walk by the Spirit. And I just want to just kind of land there. We're gonna, in the weeks ahead, we're going to actually get more practical in how to walk by the Spirit. But I just want you to understand you. 
and what's going on in your walk, why it's not consistent, why you're like this and why you're like this, it's because it has to do with your relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's just what it boils down to, right? And, and we want to move forward. And like I said, we're going to talk in the weeks ahead about how to walk in the Spirit. But I just really am just burdened that me, I'll use me, there are areas in my life where I'm too prideful to admit I can't, I don't got it. I'm just prideful. See, to be filled was an issue of control, surrender and submission. Be ye being controlled. That's an issue, a heart issue of surrender and submission, right? To walk by the Spirit is to walk in dependence. Everyone say dependence. Ooh, that's a toughie because many of us are raised to be independent, self-reliant. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone, right? Nah, I don't want to need that walking stick. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need help. I don't need help moving. I don't need help. No, right? It gets to the point where we're so prideful and so self-reliant and so self-sufficient that we don't even ask and admit our need for the Holy Spirit. I got this. The heart issue is, is pride. And, and that's the kind of issue that, that I think that, that we need to land on is, are you too proud to even admit you don't got it? To admit I am dependent on God. Can you even get to that place? How many times are you going to do this before you say uncle? Some people are doing this for 40 years in the church. 40 and 50 years. And depending on, but you do it well enough that you look like a good moral churchgoer and nobody knows that it's not spirit. It's just you able to do this good enough in your own effort to fool everybody. Are you at a place where you can admit, really admit, I'm done. This is impossible. Impossible. Because here's the thing. Not only can you get caught up in this cycle of up-down Christianity, if you somehow manage to do this, you might become self-righteous. Become a Pharisee. Look at me. I got this. I got this. I don't need men's group. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to read the Bible. I got this. You're just self-righteous. You're a prideful Pharisee. Or... If this goes on long enough, you know what? You quit. You get discouraged. You lose hope. All because you just can't get to the place of true humility and let go of your pride. Say, I need you, God. I need you. But see, I grew up in sports, so I know, like, you get injured on the field and the guys want to come help you off. No, nah, I got it. I don't want to look weak in front of others. You want me to help you? No, I got it. I don't want to look weak. Right? You got this, this pride. What does the Bible say? Pride comes before what? A fall. Well, this, this pride, even in the church, keeps us from truly walking by the Spirit because the walk of the Spirit is dependence. It's an admission that I don't got it, and I never will. If you get there, watch out. If you get there, you remember 
The Apostle Paul, the thorn, the, the, the Bible's picture is a, is a railroad stake. He was tormented by this thorn. And he says, Lord, three times he says, Lord, take it away. Take it away. It's brutal, right? He was tormented by this thorn. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians. It says this. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am what? Weak. Then I am what? See? You want the power of the resurrection? You got to come to a place of waving the white flag. You got to get there. See, if God had taken the thorn away, Paul wouldn't have had the lesson. But there was a bigger lesson to keeping the thorn there, which was what? To get Paul to wave the white flag of weakness. And when he waved the white flag of weakness, he suddenly was strong in the Lord. Amen? Some of you have been wrestling with an issue with a person, a thing, something in your life for so long, and you're like, why doesn't the Lord deal with this? Why doesn't the Lord deal with this? Maybe he's just getting you to the point of waving the white flag and getting out of his way. Just admitting, I am weak. I don't understand this. This is beyond me. Like literally admitting. But we're raised in such a performance culture that, oh, you mean you're, you're weak? Mark, you need help with your marriage? Oh, what kind of man are you? You're asking for help. You're a weak man, right? A whole bunch of YouTube videos that'll teach you men. The last thing you ever do is show weakness and ask for help. And you buy into it, and you live this kind of life. Because you got it. You got it. You have resolved to be the best version of yourself. No thank you, Holy Spirit. That's permeating the church. And then we wonder why the church isn't attractive. (laughs) Because the world is doing the same thing. They are seeking to be the best version of themselves without the Holy Spirit. Thank you. And if we get caught up in that, we're no different than the world. But if, like Paul, you says, you know what? Oh, bro, I'm weak. Hey, can you pray for me, man? I'm dealing with this. Whoa. It's not about me. It's about just getting a place of freedom to admit my need and dependence on God. Amen? Okay? Just, you know, wow, this is like all over the place with my notes because I'm just like, okay, we just got to camp here. One final word picture and then, and then I'll, maybe this will help you and then we'll go into communion and worship. How many of you have ever been to the airport and seen those moving sidewalks? You love those. Now, you love those. Some people, okay, me, I'm like, that's for, that's for weak people. I don't need to be helped. In fact, I'm going to beat you. I, put, I pick a dude. Weak, Right? But how many of you 
have been on the moving, you step on and you keep walking, right? I'm not talking like stop, but you like, you step on, you're like, whoop. And you kind of smile, right? Right, Christine? You kind of go, whoa. You get that whoa moment. You're like. And it's like you're walking, but it feels sort of effortless, huh? Like it's kind of a cool deal. It's just kind of this cool sensation. I'm walking, but something is helping me move. Amen, right? Indwelt, filling, walking. But you got to get on the moving sidewalk. And you still have to walk. Right? Or you can choose. Nah, I need that. Right? Right? You you picked. You're going to leave here. There's moving sidewalks out here on the way to your car. Or you go, I'm good. I don't need that. Right? So until we're together again and we talk about walking by the Spirit, the heart, okay, know the Lord by faith. You're indwelt. If you're going to be filled, be ye being filled, it's an issue of surrender and submission. If you want to walk by the Spirit, it's an issue of admission of dependence. This is how I pray, okay? And you don't have to pray this way. I'm going to tell you. This is, this is how God has spoken to me and how I've changed my prayer. I say, Father, Thank you that by faith, this is what I do every morning, part of my prayer time, some version of this. I say, Father, thank you that by faith I am indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And Father, you say I'm to walk by faith. So, Father, I choose right now to be controlled by the Holy Spirit today. This is part of my quiet time. This is how I pray. I choose to be controlled. And then I say this, Father, I admit I need you today. I admit I am 100% dependent on you today for everything because I want to walk by the Spirit today. I've incorporated those three prayers into my life. Thanking him that I'm indwelt, surrendering every day to his control, the Holy Spirit's control, and admitting that I need the Holy Spirit's power and I want to walk by the Holy Spirit in every area of my life 24-7. And then those prayers come up during the day when things come up and I get kind of like, you know, dealing with life. I just share that with you. That's that's my journey. This is where God has led me in my own quiet time with my relationship with the Holy Spirit, which we all have if you're a believer. Okay, so today, you want to walk by the Spirit and receive the promise of not gratifying the flesh, are you at a place of admitting you are weak? You are not capable. You cannot overcome flesh with flesh. You can't. And now you're at a place when you're, gonna, when you're just going to stop doing this. And you're just going to do this and surrender. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for our time this morning. You are the spirit of truth, so I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to do what only you can do and speak to our hearts. We are indwelt. We are called to be filled by submission and surrender constantly. And today, we saw in Galatians 5.16 that there's a command and a promise. We are commanded to walk by the Spirit, and the promise is we will not gratify 
the desires of the flesh. So Father, today I ask you through your spirit, speak to our hearts and really speak truthfully and lovingly. Are we at a place of dependence or are we prideful? The moving sidewalk, the Holy Spirit sidewalk is moving right next to us and yet we're too prideful to get on it. We're too self-sufficient. We're too afraid of looking weak. Father, please set us free. It's July 4th weekend. Would you please just set us free to be honest so that we can truly walk by the Spirit in dependence upon the Spirit for all things. And before we take communion, again, Father, maybe the first step for some here and those at home, by faith, is to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord and be indwelt by God the Holy Spirit. So if that's you, quietness of your heart, between you and God, say, dear God, in the best way I know how, I'm placing my faith. By faith, I'm receiving the gift of salvation. I'm believing Jesus Christ died and rose again. He is the Lamb of God who took away my sin. And in the best way I know how, I'm putting my faith in Jesus alone for salvation. Thank you in so doing, I am indwelt by the Holy Spirit supernaturally. I don't understand it all. I still don't get it all. But I thank you anyway. Thank you. Well, if you're new and visiting, we hope you come back after all of that. Um, no, we, really, we, we celebrate families. We love families here. And, um, you know, we want excellence in everything, but it doesn't mean you have to be dull and boring. Amen? Right? So we love to celebrate. All, it's all about the Lord and what he's doing. And uh, we really do celebrate the kids. Uh, when we uh, first were able to purchase this property, uh, quite frankly, one of the, heart, the heartbeat uh, for the elders was that this would be a place for the families of the valley. And honestly, you know, for a while, when we first started the church, you know, the 40-somethings were the youth group. <laughs> that, that was it. And to see over the years uh, the, the Kingdom Kids uh, ministry just blossom and to see the next generation um, come all the way from, you know, newborns through the teens uh, is really awesome. So first Sundays, we love to celebrate families here. A uh, few announcements before we continue with worship. I do want to announce this. Um, some of you may know, but I'm guessing many of you don't know because it just happened uh, early this morning. Our dear sister Doris Christensen is worshiping with Jesus this morning. Yes, uh, she went to be home with the Lord early this morning. I had a chance to visit with her yesterday, pray with her, and read Psalm 23, and it's a very special time for me. Doris, uh, you know, I've known her when I, since I first came to the valley back in the uh, summer of 99. Tremendous influence on me. Tremendous encourager to me pastorally and to my family. My kids call her Grandma Doris. And, uh, you know, I shared with the, the leadership team this morning, you know, uh, Doris and Frank have such a profound legacy. You know, I can't think of the hundreds and thousands of people that met each other, that worshiped together, and now are serving God throughout the globe because of their faithfulness. Amen? And, and so... You know, it's mixed, and, and I celebrate her life, I celebrate her faithfulness, her humility, her love, and Doris just reminded me that, you know, you don't have to be this big, flashy personality. You just have to love God and love others, faithfully, 
day in and day out, week in and week out. And it really encouraged me. I encouraged the, the ministry team this morning. You know what? Every Sunday, we just get to do that. That's why we gather. And, and we don't know what God's going to do through our time together and, and through the word. Uh, I'm sure Doris and Frank, when they started in the Grange Hall, had no idea. Had no idea of the global impact that they would make through starting faithfully and obediently a little church in a small town of Ojai and how that ministry flourished. And quite frankly, we're here because of it. I was called here in the summer of 99 to be the youth pastor at Ojai Valley Community Church. And, you know, things happen, but God works all things for the good. And here we are on July 3rd, 2022. You know, and I, I, was, I was driving away from uh, Continuing Care yesterday, and just, just this picture, this spiritual family tree of, of Frank and Doris, and I just wonder what that spiritual family tree looks like. Isn't that crazy? How many spiritual children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren? Uh, how, many, how many here? Remember Doris? Maybe she was your VBS or right, Sunday school teacher, and, right? Just faithful. Just faithful. But also just a reminder to us, that's why we gather. It's, it matters. It matters. Just be faithful day in, day out, week in, week out, and let God do what only he can do. But we just have to be faithful and obedient and love him and love each other. So um, I just wanted to let you know about Doris. Uh, it is first Sunday if you're visiting or if you're watching us first time online. We do have a website. Uh, we have an email list if you'd like to be uh, kept up to date. Sometimes things come up and we shoot out an email. We have a church app. Uh, you can keep up to date uh, if you uh, have trouble technologically with apps. Um, the young people here would be glad to help you get that on your phone. Um, and we also have welcome cards. If you're new and uh, you'd like to learn more information about the church, uh, you can fill out a welcome card. We also have something brand new. I, I don't know why we haven't had it uh, for a while, but in your rows there, I think every other seat, there is now prayer request cards. So if during the service or something God puts on your heart, something you'd like us to pray for, you don't have to even, you know, it can be anonymous if you wanted to, uh, or you just your first name or whatever, you can do a prayer request card now and put it in one of the boxes before you leave. Uh, we'd love to pray for you. It's a big part of our ministry here. Um, another one, just a general request, but Kingdom Kids specifically today, we encourage you to keep praying about you know, where God would have you to serve in the church. We call them opportunities to serve. The Bible says we've all been gifted, and it's as each part does its work that the whole body grows. And so uh, volunteers around here, it's not just like, you know, you should or, you know, it'd be really good for you. Um, we just ask you genuinely, seek the Lord about where he would have you serve here. Uh, there's always need. I mean, I did youth ministry and family ministry for years, so Kingdom Kids always has needs. But there's a lot of different ways to serve. So we encourage you to seek the Lord uh, to do that. And uh, Mark, men's, men's group. Um, I, I just wanted to remind everybody that actually starting back in the pandemic, a um, number of us started uh, several men's groups, and we've still got one going on Zoom. And back then we did it because it was really the only way to get together. But still today, there's really men who simply aren't in a position to be able to you know, get together uh, physically uh, at night during the week and that kind of stuff, or perhaps even people who live out of town. Um, anybody is welcome to join us. So we're starting up a new study. Uh, actually, this Wednesday night, we meet on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. We're doing an R.C. Sproul uh, series on the parables of Jesus. Um, we'd love to have you join us. You can get a hold of me. My email is mark 
at ovcfchurch.org or just see me after church or ask anybody how to get a hold of me. We'd love to have you join us um, starting this week or even in any upcoming week. So whether you live out of town, you're with us, and uh, being able to just spend an hour on a Wednesday night together in fellowship and studying God's Word would be wonderful. So come join us. Great. Thanks, Mark. A uh, couple more. Uh, our youth ministry, Crossroads, it is very active and uh, really want to encourage you to come on out and be uh, a part of it. This Wednesday, they're going to be meeting at the Walker's home. Uh, barbecue, what's it? Trampoline. Wow, that's kind of cool. Ping pong. So uh, come on out. Great opportunity. Uh, reason we do this during the summer, you know, we don't just shut youth down because the kids aren't in school. Summer's a time to build relationships. Summer is a time to fold new kids in who are transitioning up into middle school or high school. So uh, they'll be at the Walkers. If you have questions, uh, Jordan's right there. Your parents or kids, you can uh, uh, talk to Jordan. Also, on July 13th, Beach Day at Carpinteria State Beach. Uh, sign up by July 10th. Any questions? It's going to be a great day out there. Uh, Jordan and I went out this past, Sunday, uh, this past week, actually, Tuesday, and spied out the land. So uh, Carpinteria State Beach on July 13th for the middle school and high schoolers. And finally, uh, next uh, month, the first Sunday of next month, August 7th, we're going to uh, give an opportunity if you'd like to be baptized. Uh, it has come up, and uh, we have a, how would you describe our baptismal out there, Randy? We have a blow-up baptism. <laughs> you see, when we designed the place, we were sort of inherited. We, we probably could have had a really nice one. But what we're going to do is we're going to plug it in and blow it up for you. <laughs> Fill it with some warm water tie. It's going to be warmer warmer this time. It'll be warmer. Uh, but next, uh, next month, first Sunday, we celebrate. Again, part of family is baptisms. And if you haven't been baptized, you know, it's a step of obedience. And it's a celebration. It's a celebration. You know, I often share when I, when I meet with people about baptism, you know, I, I use this, this ring. Uh, you know, this ring doesn't marry me. I have a covenant with my wife. This ring is a symbol. It's an outward expression that I'm in a covenant relationship. Well, that's what baptism is. It's an outward expression. It's a celebration. It's a good thing. Amen. Right now, I know sometimes it's like, oh, you know, baptism, people are going to be watching, and, and it's weird how it gets turned inwards, and we kind of get insecure about, about it, when really it should just be, right? I mean, imagine, like, honey, I really want to marry you, but don't make me tell anyone. You know, like, how weird would that be? Like, right? Like, you know, I, I like being married to you, but don't make me wear a ring. You know, how? So that's baptism, right? Just, if you really want to, talk to Tyler's right there, Pastor Tyler. Um, he would love to chat with you, and then August 7th, we'd love to celebrate. Amen?